You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk, episode 16. Hello, Teacher Brain. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful day. How do I know it's a beautiful day, you ask? Because I choose to believe it is one. But Sarah, you protest, it's snowing in May. Guess what? Snow is a neutral circumstance or situation. It is a factual event that is happening outside the house, and it will not affect my belief that today is a beautiful day. Aside from the fact that we have used and abused Mother Nature for far too long, and so I feel like she has the right to do whatever she pleases at this particular juncture, where where people are like less outside because of COVID and she has more space to breathe, I just choose to believe that every day I am fortunate enough to walk this earth is a pretty darn good day in my books and much better than the alternative. Plus, I believe I have the capability to respond to and handle whatever it may bring my way. Now, before you throw something at me, I'm not saying that I like float through the day on a rainbow cloud and never have doubts, frustrations, or struggles. Quite to the contrary. I have all the things happening in my brain just like you. I'm just saying that I choose to face life with the belief that, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figureoutable. So let's talk about beliefs for a minute. Have you ever heard of Roger Bannister? If not, perhaps you've heard um, reference to the four-minute mile phenomenon, but maybe don't know where it came from. Well, prior to May 6th, 1954, it was believed that running a mile in under four minutes was physically impossible. Like some people actually believed that running that fast would cause the heart to explode. Others thought it was simply simply hopelessly out of reach, while some thought it could maybe be done under the right conditions, like perfect weather, no wind, on a dry clay track with thousands of fans cheering them on. But on the day that Roger Bannister achieved a 3 minute 59 and 4 tenths second run, it was a cold day, a wet track, and a smaller meet. The most interesting thing about the four minute mile though, and what makes it a phenomenon today, is the fact that once Bannister broke through that barrier, literally and figuratively, the year following that, three runners conquered this barrier in the same single race. And to date, more than 1,500 people have achieved an under four minute mile. So professors, psychologists, neuro experts all over the world have now studied Bannister's achievement, and many have written books on it and how it illuminates the power of the human mind, because they were so curious about why, after Bannister, so many others were able to achieve the same feat with seeming ease. Professors Yoram Wind and Colin Crook at Wharton asked in their book called The Power of Impossible Thinking, was there a sudden growth spurt in human evolution? Was there a genetic engineering experiment that created a new race of super runners? No. What changed was the mental model. The runners of the past had been held back by a mindset that said they could not surpass the four minute mile. When that limit was broken, the others saw that they could do something that had previous, previously thought impossible. 
So in episode four about gratitude, I talked about our RAS, the reticular activating system. It's like the brain's bodyguard or filter because uh, at any moment we are inundated with over 2 million bits of data at a time and we can't possibly take all of it in. So the RAS filters out what doesn't line up with what we already believe. So in this case, people believed that running a mile in under, in under four minutes was a physical impossibility. But once it was achieved, everyone's RAS opened up to let in the new information based on their new belief that it was in fact possible. But where do these beliefs come from in the first place? So if you've ever listened to, uh, or if you've listened to episode two, you may recall that our understanding of the world is formed through observation of others close to us um, as we watch and, and watch what they do and listen to what they say. We internalize the meaning of those things. And based on that information, our beliefs about the world and ourselves are formed. So at that age, between zero and seven, we just simply take it in. Our prefrontal cortex, remember that's the part of the brain that makes us human and allows us to think about our thinking, is not formed yet. In fact, it's not formed until we're about 25. So we just absorb. And when what we observe or think is combined with how we feel in response to that thought over and over, it becomes automated by our subconscious and it gets established as a belief. So Many of the beliefs we have now, if they've gone unchecked, were established in our brains at a very early age. And they're not your fault. It's not your fault that you have those beliefs. If you heard things like money doesn't grow on trees, we can't go out to play because it's raining, or running a mile in under four minutes is impossible, or you witnessed or felt uh, the stress your family had over money going out from the household, the gloominess and hunched shoulders of a rainy day, or people not running a four minute mile um, previous to that over and over again, your brain puts that on automation so that you, you don't have to spend the cognitive energy to consciously think about those things over and over. Wasn't that so kind of it? <laughs> the great news is now that you have a fully developed prefrontal cortex and are able to consciously analyze and question the thoughts that enter your brain, you have complete control over the thoughts you think and thus, the beliefs you have, in turn, the actions you'll take and the results you'll get, which will allow you to create a life you truly want. And before I feel myself going off on a tangent here, but what you have now is a result when you follow that model of the thinking that you had in the past. So everything that you're living, having, doing now is a result of beliefs and thoughts and actions you've taken in the past. So we have control now over what our future is going to look like. Okay, so sounds simple, it is, but as Yoda would say, simple it may be, easy it is not. So the simple part is that you can literally rewire the neural pathways of your brain in just 67 days or less. The not so easy part is that your our brains are trained to believe what it sees, like believe it when I see it. Ever heard that before? I know I did, like so like casually, like they said they'd be here at eight. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. It's so like casually and blase, like thrown out there, but 
in terms of brain, it is mega imprint. Um, anyway, what we actually need to do is believe things so that we can see them. So when Roger Bannister wanted to achieve a four minute mile, he had to first believe it was possible, then make it so. So his brain would have kicked up all the fuss. Yeah, but no one has ever done this before. I have never done this before. My heart will explode. All the things would have come up for him in his brain. Um, if you wanted to incorporate outdoor learning into your program, you have to believe you can before it will happen. So your brain will, your brain will also kick up all the fuss like Roger Bannister surely did. Uh, and remember, it's doing that to keep you in the safe and familiar. It's looking for tigers, for threats to your safety, to keep you alive. It doesn't evaluate the difference between the threat of a tiger and the threat of quote unquote failure or judgment. So it will say things to you like, yeah, but so-and-so will run away or I can't manage 25, six-year-olds out there or my admin will think we're just playing outside. It's not real learning or I won't have anything to evaluate their learning with or I don't know what to do out there etc, etc. And when these thoughts come up, and they're sneaky, because they feel true, they feel comfortable, they feel like facts, they are not, they are lies. So instead of just accepting them, which we often do, we just take a thought comes in our brain, and we just believe that it's true. Instead, we want to consider them carefully. So so and so will run. Do you know that for sure? When they do run from your classroom, are they trying to get outside? So if you're outside already, what might happen? Right? So remember, questions are the answer. What if they do run? How will I respond? Have a plan. If you must, work through the what if scenarios, but all the way to the end. So what if they run? What will I do? Call admin. Great. What do I need? Walkie talkie get one? Or what if I make that person in charge of carrying something? Or the class leader? What strategies can I come up with? Your brain is amazing and it will come up with answers if you ask it the right questions. Okay, I can feel some pushback. Yeah, but Sarah, how do I believe something I don't believe yet? How do I make myself believe something that I don't think is true? And sometimes it's hard, like it'll be hard to jump from like being a potato a potato couch, a couch potato, oh my goodness, a couch potato to believing that you have abs of steel. I get it. And re remember this, your brain does not know the difference between what is real in this 3D world and what you imagine or visualize intensely and repeatedly over time. So if you show it images of yourself with a defined six pack, working out and eating healthy, eating healthy food frequently enough, and with enough detail, then it will begin to believe it is possible. Now, I'm not saying that you can just sit on your couch eating chips, change nothing about your behavior, and imagine yourself into a svelte fitness goddess. But remember, our thoughts create our emotions, and they repeat the combination of thought times emotion becomes our belief, but that drives our decisions and actions to get our results. So if you think enough with detail and emotion, drawing in all the senses that you are a healthy ripped specimen. When aligned, your decisions and actions are going to be made around healthier food choices and getting active. And before you know it, you're on the cover of InShape magazine. 
Is that an oversimplified account? Maybe. But think about this. If there is someone else on the planet who has or has achieved what you want to have or achieve, then it's proof that it is possible. And the only reason you don't have it, and they do, is because you don't truly believe you can or should. So notice right now that your brain is protesting. I can hear it from here. Isn't that fascinating? So it's saying, no, but you don't understand. It's different from me. Or maybe it's searching frantically for examples of how I'm wrong and how this is untrue. But the brains of the runners that came after Roger Bannister had all the same thoughts, all the reasons why Roger was able to, but they would not be able to. But the ones who believed it was possible, and there are over 1,500 of them now, did it. Either way, would you rather zombie through life letting your subconscious auto-run beliefs drive you through the day in your life or take control, decide what your life is going to look like, who you're going to be, what actions you're going to take and what things and experiences you're going to have. Because, and this was a quote I came across a few months ago that shook me awake. If you don't decide where you're going, you might not like where you end up. Yeah. Okay. I hope I've given you enough to chew on for this week. Thank you so much for listening and coming back. I really appreciate it. And please tell all your friends, the more the merrier. And thank you also for your ratings and reviews of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Have a beautiful day, Teacher Brain, no matter the weather. You have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk. Until next week. Bye for now.